Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. gentlemen i am your host blake rafino this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well huge show in store for you tonight pooh bear weather's getting colder gumbo's getting fired up the roux's getting made had me some taco soup here tonight i love when the weather starts getting cooler football's in the air Yankees in the playoffs, clapping cheeks. It's my favorite time of year, man. Favorite, favorite time of year. Favorite time to have shows here with you tonight as we'll have a big one in store for you. Rafino's Rants, listen, I'm not going to make a big deal out of Kim Mulkey's thing today. We're going to talk about it just a little bit. Bottom line is Danny Cannell, come on forward. Uh... Can we stop comparing 2019 LSU and Tennessee right quick? Guys, listen to me. I I see this all over social media. Everybody trying to already compare Tennessee to LSU. Why? That I don't understand. We'll touch on that as well. LSU experience matters. Guys, listen to this. Carter Bryant brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Ole Miss has two uh, uh, road games back-to-back. One, obviously, this week versus LSU and A&M. Historically, teams do not do well in those. Usually, they lose one of them. It's about a 45, uh, 49% chance they lose the first one, 51% chance they, win, they lose the second one in the ones that they would lose. So, with that being said, a lot of things trending for LSU right here. But on the field, why experience matters, we'll get that here tonight. Because I think it's going to be a raucous crowd. You know, Pooh, I I just mentioned this. It's not as hot outside. Weather's going to be really good. Look, and and people are starting to buy into Brian Kelly. 
not just as players. I think the fan base is as well. We'll touch on that uh, uh, earlier in the show in the first 35 minutes. Wilson Alexander from The Advocate joins us at 735. Wilson did a pretty good, actually more than pretty good, a damn good, strong uh, film breakdown uh, he posted on The Advocate. We'll talk to him tonight at 735. And then we'll go to John Hendricks. We're double guesting here tonight. We're going to be doing as many guests as we can throughout the – now that we're halfway through the football season, we'll be trying to double up uh, as much as we can uh, through the remainder of the year. So John Hendricks will be joining us at 750. Guys, the Saints are ass right now. They're not playing good. I shouldn't say they're ass. They're just not playing good. They're not a good football team. They're not a good coach football team. We'll touch on that with John at 750. I'll get his thoughts. Does he think I'm crazy? Does he think I'm not? We will see. And as we do every Tuesdays and Thursdays, hashtag Ask Blake. If you have some thoughts, concerns, anything that you have, questions, get them to me. We'll get to as many of them as we can. I might give a little recruiting update. I just got a text. Um, I'll give a recruiting update at the very, very end of all of this. So let's get to a couple comments, though, before we get started. Mick says, hey, Blake and Peeps, what's going on, Mick? Uh, Jared Roach on YouTube says, where are the Chili fans at? Jared, I'm a big Chili guy. Believe it or not, um, I think, what was it, five or six years ago, we won the Chili Cook-Off in Louisiana. Don't ask me what we put in it because we were drunk as hell. <laughs> right, Pooh, have you ever done a, 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 a cook-off before? It's actually pretty fun. You know what you do? You go out there and you drink a whole bunch of shit and you just put a whole bunch of stuff in a pot. That's how you win. Stefan Fry, good friends over at Fry Construction. You can give them a call today. 337-457-5100. That's 337-457-5100. Let them know that your good friend Blake Rafino sent you on by. He said the old lady got a gumbo bumbling, a bubbling as we speak. I love it. Got to get the roux going. My mom made us some taco soup. She said, wow, stay warm. Yeah. She made us taco soup, me and Megan. It was fantastic. Jamie says, uh, the like button got its claps cheeked. <laughs> yeah, old, old uh, Carter messed that up last night. Cheeks clapped, not, clap, uh, not claps cheeked. Yes, indeed. Huey on YouTube says, old piss goes down, go Tigers. Very, really good chance, man. It's a really good chance. LSU has a very good chance to win this game on Saturday against Ole Miss and Baby Kiff. Ole Miss getting a little cocky, I, I, I see on social media. Uh, Brad Logan, who's been our Ole Miss uh, guy, is going to be joining us. Fantastic human being, by the way. He's going to be joining us tomorrow as well. We'll talk some more Ole Miss Rebels with him. Ole Miss fans getting a little uh, cocky, huh? Okay. Be careful. Be careful. Speaking of Ole Miss fans, Brandy Blake says, hello. <laughs> she says, and Heidi Tidy. Y'all get on to her. Brandy, it's hate, it's Ole Miss hate week. I love you. I love you. But man, it's hate week. Tom, but you know I love you. Tommy Howard said, what happened with Kilmulkey? Yeah, if you missed it. She was asked again about uh, Brittany Griner. She said, I already talked about that on the podcast. Well, Look, I don't know if this is just on Kim. I, look, I, I don't hate what Kim's saying, right? Like, I, I don't hate what Kim's doing. I just don't like what Kim's doing with this whole Brittany Griner situation. Like, man, just get it over with. Say, say what you said on the podcast, get it over with. Be done with it. Why do you have to just, you know, 
If you if you nip it in the bud right now, they'll stop asking you. They'll stop asking you. You know, like I I don't I don't understand it. You know, like I'm not trying to rip on Kim. Like I'm really not. I love Kim to death. I think she's a great coach. I think she's a great human being. She does a lot for the community that people just don't see. You know, I talked to some, a, a major booster today in reference to it. Like he called me and, and he was just talking about some of the things that's going around football and how he loves Brian Kelly and uh, unprovoked. He's talking about how, you know, Kim Mulkey's doing a lot of things in the community. And so, you know, listen, I, I love what Kim's doing, but man, you got to nip this thing in the bud with Brittany Griner. You know, like it's, it's, you know, it's going to continue to come up and look, you can get mad at me for, um, we, are we, are we lagging a little bit guys? I, it's been doing that, man. It does that in the beginning of the show. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't really know why it's doing that. Uh, Chance Babin says the liberal media will not, will not stop and will twist our words. Uh, Chance, with all due respect, this has nothing to do with liberal media or media in general. They're asking a question that she should have known that she would be asked. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be mean to Kim. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean to Kim, but man, and look, John says, sorry, Blake, Brittany is not Kim's worry. I don't disagree with you, John. John, I don't disagree with you. She broke the law. It's over. I get it. This has nothing to do with Brittany Griner in reference to her answer. I hope y'all can hear me. I hope they can hear me, man, because it looks like our stream's like really messing up. I, I don't really know what's going on with it. Um, Ben does have the Cocoa Melon going. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying here. I'm trying. So, Meg... I'm trying to see if Megan will get Ben off the cocoa melon, you know? So I, I don't know if that's on. I, I know connection's bad. I know connection's bad. There's not a lot I can do about it. It's not a lot I can do about it. Okay. So let's do this. Um, everybody do us a favor by hitting like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. So many of you watching us live right now on Facebook. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. If you're listening to us on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. We appreciate you doing that. If you're listening to us on TuneIn, XM Radio, any of that good stuff, do us a favor. Rate, review, subscribe. We greatly appreciate you doing that. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's pay these bills very quickly. Hopefully, the stream will start working. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Our good friends over at GM Barndo and Sons will return in one minute. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wait. NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live 
in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down on the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Full Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. Okay, I hope that this works. <laughs> can you see me and hear me better now? All right, good. Good, 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 good. Good, 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 good. Okay. Um, so listen, everybody stop, collaborate, and listen. Hit the like and share. Share to all those Facebook groups. If you couldn't see me, hear me. Now you can hit the like and share. Do us a favor. All of you on Facebook, like, share those uh, Facebook groups. Subscribe you on to YouTube. Share it on Twitter. All of that good stuff. We appreciate you doing that. Uh, also, we are doing a $300 giveaway if we get to 5,000 subscribers by November the 1st, we are 600 away right now. Literally 600 away. So we get 600. Somebody's getting $300. I might make it two people if you get us there a little bit quicker. And if you share with all your family, just let us know all the people that you're getting to subscribe uh, in doing that. Um, I'm not spending too much on this. Let's get this thing rolling, though, y'all. I'm not spending too long on this, on this whole Kim Mulkey thing. But Blaine says, why doesn't the media move on? Well, because she's not answering the question. They're going to continue to pepper her as long and as as long as she continues to give no answer. They keep bringing it up. Well, that's their job to bring it up. You guys know when you come on this show, I will rip the media live when it's warranted. Say what you said on the podcast and be over with it. You know, she said she went on the podcast and she said something. I think Tiger Rag then say what you said and move on. This is going to continue to be asked. Her PR team, in my opinion, needs to advise her and beg her to just get out in front of it and be done with it. And then if she makes a public statement to the national media, and look, this isn't a this isn't me ripping on Tiger Rag. Guys, they, they don't have the audience that a lot of people do. They just don't. I didn't even know that they even had a podcast much less, I didn't even know that they did something like that. I never heard Kim Mulkey even talk about Brittany Griner before until it was shared, and then I saw it and listened to it and stuff like that. Kim didn't do anything wrong today, but they're going to continue to ask her. Say, listen, what's you know, you like she said on the podcast, what's going on with Brittany? It's unfortunate. You know, I hope everybody prevails and everybody stays safe, and we're praying for everybody. Exactly what she said on the podcast, and move on from it. If they want to continue to pepper her after that, okay, then we can we have a problem. All right, like, look, dude, move on. She is not in a situation where she needs to get into diplomatic politics with Russia or, or anything like that. She is an LSU bas women's basketball coach. She does not have to say anything. 
It doesn't matter that the coach at Baylor says more than she does or Dawn Staley says anything more than she does. It doesn't matter. What, if Kim just says what she's got to say and moves on and she doesn't want to say anything else other than that, it will be a, it, the story will be done. The problem is, is when you start picking fights technically with the media and that's what the, she, you know, I don't want to say picking fights, but, you know, when the reporter asked a couple of weeks ago and then it's asked again today, they're going to take that as you picking a fight. Then you do have a media fight on your hand. I just don't want this backfiring in LSU's face or Kim's face for that matter. You can hate me, love me, or whatever you want in reference to me talking about this, but I'm telling you, if it's not orchestrated in the right way, it's going to hit that national stage. It's going to hit the Good Morning Americas, the Oprah's, if she's even doing a show anymore. Hell, I don't even know. My, my point is, is this. Nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. Because the longer you continue to kick that can down the road, it starts making more problems. It's the snowball effect, right? The longer the snowball goes, the bigger the snowball goes down the hill. Say what you got to say on the national stage and be done with it. Be done with it. And listen to me. I want to make this very well known. I don't, and I, and listen, I hope you're not around kids. And if you are, pause it or turn the volume down. I don't give two flying fucks about anybody's politics. What's going on with Brittany Griner? I have no answers. I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't give a fuck about your politics. I care about LSU and what goes on for LSU, right? Like, you do too. You're in this show. You're listening to this show because you love LSU. I do as well. I do as well. Say what you got to say and move on. Because if you don't, it's going to ultimately backfire. And not just Kim Mulkey's face, guys. She wears that brand, right? Like when you wear that brand, it's not just Kim Mulkey. C.W. Baker says she's leaving politics out of sports. No, she's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. This because sports are being brought into politics under over this. So I'm not look, listen, I don't want to get into it, but it has to be addressed. People aren't going to address it, and I understand it. I understand it. And they won't listen. Just guys, listen to me. I know that you don't trust the media and you have your issues with the media. I understand that. Like, you either love them, hate them. I, I, I get it. Look, I, I'm one of you. I, I completely understand it. You don't trust them, whatever it may be. I, I Trust me, I get it. I'm in the world with them. Right? Like, if anybody's in that world, trust me, I'm in that world with them. You want to end it? Answer the question like you did on the Tiger Red podcast on the national platform stage and be done with it. If she answers it the same, nothing's going to come back to her or LSU. I promise you. I mean, guys, we're 566 episodes in. I kind of feel like we know what we're talking about. Dwayne says, move the F on. Well, Dwayne, it, it's LSU and we're going to talk about it. So if you don't want to listen to it or listen to what we want to talk about, you can leave and then come back. We are done with it. But you don't have to be here. When it does affect LSU, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. So get the move the fuck on. You start a podcast and you can talk about whatever you want to. It's so funny how people, you know. All right, bye. See ya. See ya. 
talking about move the fuck on when you got a political rally and you and you're literally your profile pictures of politics loser all right let's talk, let's move on and let's talk about this i don't know if you guys saw this today but a lot of people are bringing up a lot of people are bringing up since tennessee has beaten Ella, or has beaten alabama they're bringing up the fact they're bringing up the fact of is LSU 2019 and Tennessee this year, are they comparable? Are they comparable? Not comparable. Are they comparable? Guys, stop it. I like Peter Burns. I think Peter Burns does a really, really, really good job. Comparing 2019 LSU to this Tennessee team right now is not fair to Tennessee. Two words of why no team offensively this year so far, so far, compares to 2019 LSU. Guys, his name's Joe Burrow. He is him. That team had to go, and, and you know, so, what, three more, two or three more weeks until that team would play Alabama in Tuscaloosa and win it. They had to go play Georgia national title. They had to play Oklahoma in the playoff. They had to play Clemson, the reigning national champion, in the national championship game to be crowned with some, and especially what I believe is the best team of all time. Guys, LSU is the best college. LSU 2019 is the best college football team of all time. Don't stop comparing them. See, that's what people do. When people don't know how to watch football or break down football, they start comparing. Remember 2020 Alabama. Oh, they're, I wonder what team we would have won. Really? It was a COVID year and there weren't fans in the stands. It's not fair to 2019 LSU. That team is not beating Burrow. That team is not beating Joe. Nobody on planet Earth that played college football in 2019 would have beaten LSU that season. Wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. I'm glad Tennessee won. Good for them. Great for them. I'm happy for them. But Danny Cannell, Danny Cannell, listen, bud, you hate the SEC. You say all the time. Guys, if you don't know who Danny Cannell is, he covered, you know, obviously played at Florida State, yada, 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 covers college football and sports and all that kind of stuff. Danny Cannell says all the time that he doesn't he doesn't have a bias against the SEC. Dude, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do not like the SEC. You do not like the SEC. Your top 10 completely compares about it. Oh, and by the way, Danny Cannell, I think this morning said LSU was trash on his on his show, on his podcast. Danny. Danny. That's why the SEC people don't like you. A 5-2 LSU team who just beat Florida on the road is not trash, bud. See, that's what happens and why a lot of fans have a lot of the takes that they do is because you have spiky-haired dudes like Danny Cannell going on his show saying LSU is trash or whatever the quote he was saying, LSU this. And I'm talking about this season. Guys, LSU's not trash. 7-5, and 8-4, and four, they're not trash. They might be a little above average or average. If they get to eight and four and go to a bowl game and win nine wins, guys, nine wins with a first-year head coach is not average. They're a good team. You don't want to play them. And especially with the offense moving the way that they are. 
especially with LSU's offense doing what they did last week, you cannot say that team's trash. Now, I got to give Kayshawn Booty some more credit. I, I'm not going to show the clip. You know, you got to subscribe to this thing. Guys, Kayshawn Booty and Jane Daniels are coming to part of their own. And it that kind of connection like that does take time. I don't like comparing 2019 LSU. It's not fair to Jane Daniels. I'm not going to compare Jane Daniels to Joe Burrow. But this happens in football. New quarterback, new wide receiver. Things happen. You got to get a connection. It takes time. It takes time. Wide receivers move all the time to different teams. Quarterback move, quarterbacks move to different teams all the time. And what happens? Sometimes with their star wide receiver, it takes time to get rolling. I think that's happened here. I got to admit, man, I have to admit, And look, I I will come on here and admit when I'm dead wrong. I'm pretty sure I was dead wrong about Kayshawn Booty and him not being the leader that I I didn't know that he was on the field. Because you see the antics, you see the performance, you just don't know if he's completely dialed in. You know, if if you're a parent, you know this. You know, watching Kayshawn in the video... At the end of the game, when the first thing he sees is his his girlfriend sending him a picture of his of his son and him getting energetic and him saying, "Hey, this is what I'm doing it for." Him at Kayshawn Booty at halftime going into the locker room and saying, "Guys, listen, yes, it's fantastic. We scored 28 points on offense. We could we were not stopped in the first half offensively. We have to keep the pedal to the metal." And they did that. First play for LSU out of the half, Josh Williams goes for 51. That is why, listen to me, I, I, I brought this up last week. I brought this up last week, and I challenged people. I challenged this team. I challenged the coaches. I challenged players individually. And there's nothing wrong with challenging people when it's in the competitive sport of things. I challenged people, and my God, did Kayshawn Booty prevail. Going in there and telling guys, hey, man, listen. We can do this. We got to keep the pedal to the metal. Guys, that kind of attitude, that kind of will, that kind of determination is how you beat the number seven team in the country this week coming up Saturday against Ole Miss. Want to know why LSU's favored? Want to know why Vegas loves them? Because they look for things like that. They look for the small, intricate details. They look for Jane Daniels coming on the sideline and Brian Kellen and masking. Uh, Brian Kelly asking Jane Dennis, all right, Jane, listen, I you need to go here. Why didn't you? Well, Coach, listen, the reason I went here is I'm trying to bait this guy, this safety, to go to the deep route for later in the game. That's why I threw it to Jeray Jenkins on the first down. We may have had a touchdown. I didn't feel comfortable throwing that fade route. I got the first down because I knew we'd go and score. Brian Kelly like, okay, well, shit, that's a really damn good answer. Guys, you're seeing this kind of stuff in the LSU Gold, the docu-series. When they're asking, when Brian Kelly's coming to the sidelines, Jay, why'd you do this? Well, Coach, the safety did this. Dean Lyman did this. Saw the linebacker flow, flow, uh, flow into this coverage. This is why I hit the slant. And Brian Kelly legitimately doesn't have an answer. Guys, this team's coming along. Now, will they win Saturday? Is that a... a, 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 a a telltale sign that they will beat the number seven team in the country next week or this Saturday, I should say. I don't know that. Still going to be a really tough game. But I'm telling you, there's more than just X's and O's behind all this. There's more than just what meets the eye. The vibe that I get 
and talking to people around the program is simple. This seems coming together. I say all that to say this too. I say all this to say this too. This is what happens when a head coach like Brian Kelly comes in and builds a foundation. Right? Like, when you have a guy like Saban, when you have a guy, you know, who, who is the winningest coach in college football when it comes to wins. When you have a guy like Saban, when you have a guy that, uh, I, and look, I'm going to throw him out there. When you have a guy like Lincoln, look, USC wasn't as good without Lincoln. Let's just be honest. When you go into a program and you build a foundation, and you build that foundation through principles and discipline, at some point you're going to start reaping the benefits of that. You saw that last week against Florida, and I think it's going to continue. Guys, I think you're going to beat Ole Miss Saturday. I think we're going to beat Ole Miss Saturday. And LSU being 6-2 and two, over wins versus Mississippi State and Ole Miss – you're going to start feeling a lot better about what Brian Kelly's building. And listen, even if LSU loses in a close game, but you they played hard, they did the things that they were supposed to do, but Ole Miss may just be a little bit better in some areas, I can live with that. This year, I can live with that. I don't want LSU to lose. Don't get that twisted. I'm still going to be upset. I'm still going to want him to win. But I can live with things in year one with a coach when I'm seeing the progression from this team. If you've ever been a part of a team, if you've ever been a part of a program, you know, especially if you've been a part of a high-level program, if you've been a part of a high-level winning program, I've been a part of a couple. The thing that you see, it's not always X's and O's. Guys, you can call a simple inside zone run, and it just be absolutely horrible, but you have a guy like Josh Williams who breaks a tackle from all SEC caliber type of defensive tackle and goes for 51. You have plays like uh, Jane Daniels throwing it to Brian Thomas in the end zone. You have plays that he's throwing with anticipation. You have guys like Harold Perkins. This is a, vin this is a vindication of how you know the team is getting built by the foundation of Brian Kelly. Harold Perkins didn't play a lot last Saturday, guys. I mean, he played, what, 30, 35 snaps? Last play of the game that he would play, legitimately, that really meant a whole hell of a lot. It should have been a strip sack fumble because technically it would have been a strip sack because, he, because of the fumble. That young man was locked in. When you have guys locked in for as long as they are, that is the foundation that you have to see. Because, guys, this season might suck for some. You may hate, like, man, we, we might lose to a team that we're not, not supposed to. You might be 9-2, and two, you know, 8-3 and three going into Texas A&M week. And you lose a game you're not supposed to. I still think you're going to beat A&M. You get what I'm trying to go, where I'm trying to go here. You may lose the game you're not supposed to, but you see the foundational pieces being put together and being built. There's one, there's one big piece, though, that's got to get changed. You gotta have you. I, I see the buy-in on defense. I see the buy-in on offense. We guys, we gotta see the buy-in on special teams. You know, I, I'm going to a guy like Jeray Jenkins. I'm going to like a senior, right? Like 
if you're kicking the ball off to start the game off to Ole Miss, I'd look at Jaray and say, listen, we have a play right now where are we we put this in. We're gonna, we're not going to kick it out of the back of the end zone. Jaray, we need you to go down there and light this guy up. Because then that gets – if you see a guy like Jaray Jenkins – a fifth-year senior, a guy that's been here a long time. He does nothing but everything right. A guy like Josh Williams going down on special teams and being a headbuster. A headbuster. Knock a dude out being a headbuster. That gets your team going. That gets guys that maybe that doesn't want to play special teams. Like, man, you know what? Dre Jenkins is going on in here doing that. And I would get guys like Racy McMath. If I'm Jeray Jenkins, I'm, I'm FaceTiming Racy McMath right now. Hey, there, you know why Racy McMath's in the NFL? Because of special teams. Nothing had to do with it with him being a wide receiver at LSU. Get the buy-in. All right. Let's, um, let's get to a couple of these comments. Um, did I say something Paulsworthy, Pooh Bear? What did, I, what did I say that was Paulsworthy? Head bustle. Yeah, that's a song though. Though it's not my words. I'm quoting someone. Yeah, we can pause them too. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that's funny. Smart and witty. I love it. Uh, let's get to a couple comments. Um, Wilson Alexander joined us. Uh, In five in two minutes, um, that was him right there. I was just texting him back. Let's get to a couple of them though, Pooh, before we get rolling. Dustin Jenkins says, hashtag Ask Blake, you are now the special teams coach. Who's returning kicks? <sighs> Dustin, that's really tough because I'm not at practice every day. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I wouldn't put Jack back there. I I, I guess you keep Clayton. You know, like. Maybe Clayton. You know, I, I, let me, I hate to say this. You know who I would experiment with? And again, just experiment, like not – you know who's always around the football and always making plays and always kind of comes up with interceptions or fumbles? I wonder what Jay Ward looks like back there. Just a thought. Just a thought. Glenn Gilho says, hashtag ask Pooh Bear or Blake. Here's the scenario. LSU wins out and wins the SEC. Jesus. Does the committee leave LSU an SEC champion out of the college football playoff? No. I don't I, I don't think that they would keep a, a, a the SEC champion out. Look, we got to beat Ole Miss first before we even think about <laughs> winning out. Travis Dyson says, Pooh, we're going to win this conference. A lot of man, – look, man, it's crazy what one game does, isn't it? Remember y'all were saying pull Jane Daniels last week? <laughs> pull Jane Daniels, Blake! Now y'all talking about winning the SEC. It's a hell of a feat. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Jesus. Y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. All right, two more and then we'll get rolling. Uh, Stefan says Chris Hilton Jr. when he's healthy. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be out for the season. I mean, guys, you know, he's, you know, we, we, He's he's been on he was a regular on this show. We'll, we'll see. Uh I don't expect him back, though. I think he's gonna be done. Uh Pooh Bear says or Zach says keep Clayton. Yeah, I mean, look, you just gotta do better on special teams, man. 
Got to do is better on special teams. All right, let's do this. Let's get to Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. Had a re- some really good stuff this week following the Florida the Florida game. Want to get into it with him on that. But let's talk about our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Guys, we return with Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. Let's talk some more LSU Ole Miss when we return in one minute. Stay tuned and hit that share button. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. We're back. All right, we are joined here by the – I mean, Wilson, you make me look bad with the hair, dude. I got to wear a hat. I got a vest on. But you look great, man. What's going on, buddy? Blake, you're selling yourself short, but I'm doing well. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I got to cover it. I got – you know, I'm getting the Italian bald spot, you know, so I got to cover – I got to cover the hair, man. I got to cover the hair. That's what it is. Uh, Wilson, man, listen, what a, what a, what a, a, a difference two weeks makes, man. You know, losing to Tennessee the way you did, firing back offensively like you did against Florida. When you rewatch the game, when you watch the game, I mean, what did you see LSU did against Florida? That I guess the question I should ask, is there one big thing or one big player that you looked at and it's like, man, I can't believe this just happened. What surprised you the most this past week? I mean, just the improvement in the passing game, how quickly it happened in a week because – Look, I know a lot of people didn't want to really see it or maybe just thought it wasn't there. It did seem like there was some more aggression from Jaden in terms of throwing in tighter windows in the Tennessee game. But obviously, they still, LSU still only scored 14 points, in, or excuse me, 13. And so it wasn't like it made like a huge difference. And so while you saw like a, it was just such a large jump from, right. from the Tennessee game uh, to uh, the Florida game, he was even more aggressive into tighter windows. He was hitting downfield throws that we have not seen him hit this season. I mean, he was five for eight on throws over 15 yards. It was easily a season high. I mean, I think coming into that in Power 5 games, he had completed maybe four <laughs> throws over 15 yards. Um, if the stats that LSU's like live stats, uh, that's what they, those said. And, and, you know, so he was hitting those throws downfield. He was make, being aggressive. He looked really comfort, confident in the pocket. And, you know, I think back, you asked about a play. The, the third and uh, 15, where he hits it to Kayshawn on the, just on the first drive and then sets LSU up for the short fourth down. At first, there was a little bit of pressure, and he rolled out. He started kind of moving in the pocket to his right, and maybe that's a play earlier in the season. Same thing um, on the on the third and uh, down early in the drive to Kayshawn, or maybe early in the year, Jaden just takes off. Obviously, he completes both of those throws um, in, in Kayshawn, uh, especially on that second catch somehow. I don't know how he came down with that. Um, but he did, and and so and that just continued throughout the game. That was what stood out to me the most, which just had improvement in the passing game. Downfield, the timing with the receivers was so much better. Jaden was hitting guys right as they were coming out of their breaks instead of waiting two, three, you know, steps out of their break to really see that they were open because, obviously, in football, you got to hit it now 
uh, before they even got their head around, because once you see them open a split second later, they won't be. And so that's what was causing some incompletions and the timing, which is so much better. You know, uh, Wilson, I said this last night, and even in the post game, the Kayshawn ones to me were humongous. I think the Kyron Lacey little quick, the little quick hitches, you know, like throwing with anticipation. I was just kind of like, oh, so he's in his bag, right? Like he, he's just letting it rip. And you know, it's crazy because the question is, is this Brian Kelly? Did Brian Kelly see something we didn't? Obviously, we're not at practice, so maybe obviously he did. But do you think that's maybe why he he stick with Jaden? Like he never really entertained this Nussmeyer or or, or, or or putting in Nussmeyer over Daniels. Do you think that that's why? Like, do you think that he just always saw this as like, hey man, eventually they're gonna bust one out and we're ready for it? I think to a degree, yes. I mean, think back to the ten, right after the Tennessee game, uh, he, Brian Kelly was asked about you know a question basically from our vantage point. You know, we're not seeing this, and he said, well, we see it differently, and. Then, you know, you kind of fast forward a week and I asked him right after the Florida game, like, had you seen something that sort of indicated this was coming? And he said, absolutely. Kind of in his drive, Brian <laughs> Kelly kind of way. Right. And clearly he was joking like, oh, we knew this was coming. He didn't, I don't think, expected the the jump that they quite had. But, um, you know, he of course, they like you mentioned, they're in practice every day and, and seeing this stuff. And it was clear that there was a trust that Brian Kelly had in Jaden. He wanted him to do more, wanted him to be more aggressive. He was saying that publicly. Um, and so it wasn't like he just was absolutely confident that this was always there and that it was coming. Um, but he did seem, you know, right after the Tennessee game, he was asked, you know, in the week after the Tennessee game leading into Florida, he said there, you know, he took a step in the right direction, but he was sort of cautious about it, saying that, um, you know, he needed to continue to improve. Um, but, you know, Jaden made a huge jump, but it was clear that Brian Kelly always believed that he was going to be the quarterback. And unless it really just got bad and there was no improvement whatsoever, uh, there wasn't, didn't seem to be any entertainment of that's I think one thing, too, Wilson, that helps any quarterback on planet Earth is a consistent running game. Like, look, three or four yards, it might not be a long run, but it's second and six is better than second and 12. Josh Williams, man, like, you know, watching the LSU gold stuff and not to get too much into that, but when he gets the game ball, the entire team erupts. And I think that that kind of stuff can be contagious. Josh Williams is not a guy that we talk about a lot, but man, he has become just a very big piece of this offense that I don't think a lot of us expected so far. What have you seen from him that you like? He does a lot of the little things well. I mean, think about pass protection. He is their best pass protector. Um, and even though he's only 5'7", Brian Kelly kind of <laughs> joked about it this week that he's got like jump uh, to kind of get up to some of those guys. But, you know, he does those kind of things well. And um, he gets north and south really quickly. You know, there's not a lot of wasted motion and wasted steps in the backfield. He's getting up to the line of scrimmage really fast. And, and like you said, just sort of churning for like four yards or so. And then breaking off like that 50-yarder, sort of showing some, you know, he's not as explosive necessarily as Armani Goodwin. He's not as overall athletic as John Emery, but he does all these little things really well to make him a pretty, probably their most complete back in terms of all the little things that he does. Wilson, if I'm the recruiting staff, I go down the recruiting board like on 247. I look for every 5'7 back in the country. Clyde edwards Lair, Josh Williams, right? I mean, it's it's something there. It must be something about 5'7 running backs in Louisiana, man. <laughs> there is that trend. Yeah, it's kind of worked out for them here. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting with Josh. I mean, being a former walk-on, you know, he had an injury kind of his senior of high school that might have contributed to some of that. But he got a scholarship like a year into his career. And so it's not quite maybe fair to always think of him as a walk-on, but that is how he got here. And uh, he, he's done a great job with the opportunity that he's been given um, and been clearly, you know, their lead back 
first time all season they've had a 100-yard rusher who wasn't Jaden Daniels. That's insane. Like, if you would have asked me, Wilson, before the season, if who's going to be the first running back to have over 100 yards, I wouldn't have sent him. <laughs> like, I would have said, obviously, Emory or somebody else, not Josh Williams, but I guess that's why we play the game. Uh, speaking of rushing, and, and look, <laughs> Ole Miss had three guys with over 100 yards. Wilson, this game has been really crazy when it comes to betting. And I know some people don't always get into it, but the line has shifted so much in LSU's favor. I, I guess when you see something like that, and listen, for me, I don't know about you. When Vegas sees something and does something like that and the line starts moving, especially when 71% of the fans are voting Ole Miss, they know something that we don't. What are you seeing? Is what do you see? Maybe that Vegas sees too. Is there something that I'm missing here? I'm not going to pretend to be a betting expert. Uh, that is not <laughs> my area of expertise. Uh, I'm extremely financially like cautious and, and don't really bet at all. Um, Understood. It's interesting that maybe it's, as you were saying that though. I think back to the Tennessee game, the line was like what three, right? And clearly that game did not go that way. And so they don't always necessarily know something that we don't, but, you know, maybe sometimes they do. And um, I, I try to look at it more just from a matchup perspective. There are some ways that maybe LSU can match up well and keep this game close. And um, But in terms of the betting line itself and how it's moving, I'm not, not, not going to give you the best answer on that. Wilson, if they do find a way to win this game, how much does the, the emphasis change about maybe who Brian Kelly is? Look, my thing is that he's taken a lot of criticism off season this season. Do you think a win this Saturday completely changes things for him? Like, oh, he can't win the big game. Well, the number seven team's coming in the country into Death Valley. Do you think things start changing as far as, far as the narrative nationally for him? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, this would be a signature win. Ole Miss hasn't necessarily – there's still been some chatter this week that, oh, are they really deserving of being number That's seven? That's true. Uh, you know, but they're undefeated, and – um, they have a, a good win. Uh, you know, you was you got kind of lucky there at the end, but they did beat Kentucky. <laughs> um, and to, this would be kind of a signature win in year one, especially um, to rebound within two weeks after just getting um, run out of your own stadium by Tennessee. Maybe a little would shift a little bit, but you know, the, I don't quite understand why there is that sort of national conversation about Brian Kelly. Maybe it's something about just people looking at Louisiana and, and just sort of like the, the way nationally the state is viewed. Um, but, you know, it, it would help certainly help to kind of cement the fact that, you know, they're, they're starting out well and, and moving into year two, it gives you a lot more confidence uh, in terms of what they're building if they're able to, to win that game. And because if you win, as crazy as this sounds, based on what we were all kind of talking about last week, you're tied for first place in the SEC West going in November with a home game against Alabama. And, and Wilson, that will be a night game because Georgia-Tennessee is going to be that same day. So then you – I mean, I would expect CBS to pick that game up. I mean, <laughs> man, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. you got a tough opponent. But, man, that would be something very interesting. LSU-Alabama will, will – you know, at night, Death Valley. As long as TJ Yeldon's not playing, I think we'll all be, be okay. Uh, Matt Trent from WBRZ or Michael Cobble, who knows – says tell Wilson he has elite hair you know like well, thank Wilson. you Matt or Trent <laughs> well 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 listen if it's Matt Trent he's kind of envious of hair you know you know you, you get to you get to you know all right I love I love my guy Matt firing your questions for Wilson Alexander uh we'll get to as many of them as we can Wilson if there's one key to victory for LSU this week 
what will it be? I, I'm really worried about LSU defensively. Look, over the last two weeks, they've given up over 470 yards rushing. I think that that's the key to win. you got to stop Ole Miss in the running game. When you watch Ole Miss and you see, you've see you seen LSU all season, is there one thing that LSU's got to do to win? It kind of comes down to two things that are sort of connected, I think. It, it's tackling and eliminating big plays. A lot of the reason that those big plays have come up is because LSU has not tackled well all of a sudden the last three weeks. Um, obviously, and then Auburn was you know a lot through the air, but just the tackling hasn't been great, and it wasn't that good during the Florida State game either. And so Agreed. they've got to get a lot better at tackling in order to eliminate those big chunk plays. Ole Miss is really explosive, especially on the ground. Like you mentioned, uh, ranks up pretty high in the national, you know, I can't remember the exact number, but um, in terms of tw 10 and 20 yard plays, uh, they're some of the best in the country at ripping those off. And LSU, uh, the last three weeks, I think has given up uh, 21 plays over 20 yards. Damn. And that is, uh, it's kind of a steady, it's kind of an even mixture of, of pass and run. You saw them really struggle uh, to prevent those big plays against Florida with the 39-yard touchdown and then the 81-yard Anthony Richardson run. And part of that, you got to give your hat, tip your hat a little bit to Anthony Richardson for sure. But there was multiple times where LSU was trying to rip the ball instead of just bringing him down. And so it kind of comes down to that because Ole Miss, you know, the way that Lane Kiffin offense is this year, they're going to spread things out in the perimeter, and then that leaves the middle of the defense open. And if you bring your safeties down to try to stack the box – then they've got a, a decent enough quarterback with Jackson Dart and Jonathan Ming on the outside to try to take advantage of one on one one on one matchups. So I'm really it's going to be interesting to see what Matt House does schematically to try to uh, address that. Because Tennessee, although it's not the exact same, they did that sort of similar concept in terms of stretching out a defense sideline to sideline with those receivers lined up like all the way near like way on the end of the boundary, you know, on the based on the numbers. And so Agreed. It, it kind of it sort of does the same kind of thing, and so LSU's going to and that obviously. Uh, hurt LSU. It's hurt a lot of teams, but LSU wasn't able to stop that. And so they're going to have to find a way to cover every inch of, you know, turf essentially because Ole Miss can beat you in a lot of different ways. Uh, Wilson, two more for you. And I completely holistically agree. It's kind of Tennessee, but in a running form, right? Like, look, they're just going to try to spread you out and you better not stack the box or you're going to be in deep trouble. Uh, Jeff asked on Facebook, hashtag ask Wilson, Kayshawn has an incredible successful history against Ole Miss. Does that continue this week? Look, I got to be honest, Wilson. I was dead wrong. I thought maybe he had checked out a little bit, seen some of the stuff and hearing some of the stuff that he's been doing, talking to the team at halftime. Man, I got to admit, I'm dead wrong. Are you maybe surprised that Kayshawn had the big game this late in the season and, and guys are listening to him like he's becoming a leader? Or did had you been hearing some other things around Kayshawn so far this season? We actually got to talk to Kayshawn tonight, uh, maybe an hour and a half ago. And, and he said that, you know, Kayshawn is not a necessarily vocal guy. He's kind of quiet, goes about his business, more of an action leader. But he's been trying to step up vocally to do more uh, on that front. And when it comes to, he you know, said sort of how they're all kind of the same line Brian Kelly had this week, you know, learn, all learning a new offense. They've been working on that timing and that chemistry. But, um, you know, he was kind of motivated by the fact that he was named an offensive captain in the Tennessee game. Obviously, he catches his first touchdown, and he decided, you know, this, this past week that he, he needed to maybe step up more vocally. That he, he was actually really determined to be named offensive captain for the second week in a row, and he got that. And then, like you said, at halftime, he, he got the entire offense together uh, and gave a speech. And um, you know, he wants to continue to kind of grow in that way, and he needs to because he's number seven. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a always a number associated with leadership. That's eighteen, but. It's somebody who everybody wants to look to as your playmaker, and he wasn't really playing like that. 
Um, he said that he need, like he admitted that he had to keep working on the drops, you know, just seeing the ball all the way into his hands and everything like that. Um, and so obviously though, once he starts playing that way, just it makes this offense so much more dynamic, um, opens things up for other guys. And then when you have Malik and Brian Thomas and Jure making those plays, it helps Kayshawn, you know, and everything just starts clicking and working together. Um, but yeah, when he starts stepping up in that, that manner, you get that from your best players. That's what you need from a team. And, and it was great to see that I mean, from LSU's perspective. Wilson, last one. How confident are you that LSU could pull it out this weekend? You feel pretty good, or are you kind of medium? Like, where are you right now mentally? Uh, probably medium. Um, <laughs> I'm I right there gotten, with you. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I mean, like we thought, looked about it, I haven't gotten to like figured out my prediction yet necessarily. Agreed. Um, because it, it's just hesitant. Also, to preface this, my game predictions have not been great. <laughs> my record is not that great week to week, unfortunately. <laughs> Because part of the reason is this team is so sort of volatile week to week. In year one with a new program, it's hard to know what to expect out of LSU every single every single week. And and when we talk, like you said, it, I think there's some concern and reason to be concerned defensively, giving up those big plays. If LSU um, isn't able to do that, then Ole Miss is going to be able to put up a lot of points. But now you start to feel more confident offensively to be able to keep up with that. So I think I don't know who wins at this point. Obviously, none of us do, but I don't know who I'm going to predict to win at this point. I do feel confident, though, in a pretty high-scoring uh, game that's close late. I agree with you. I, I'm kind of there. I think they can win. I think the only thing that's pushing me over the edge, Wilson, is that you're in Death Valley. Like, that's if, if both teams are even, I'm just going to take the home team. That's that's where I'm sitting. Buddy, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you guys are doing a lot over at The Advocate. Tell everybody where they can catch you. I know they see it here, but just in case they missed it, where they can catch all your, all your stuff. Yeah, I'm on, I'm, that's my Twitter handle there. And then, um, you know, advocate.com, nola.com. Um, gosh, I mean, subscribe to our newsletter. It's in your inbox every morning. We've got folks over in Birmingham for SEC basketball media days. We've got all of our regular football coverage. Um, and then, um, you know, we do a, a show uh, trying to be like yours uh, on Wednesday afternoons so where they can – At you know, two, correct? This, this football talk. Uh, three o'clock Three this o'clock, week. my bad. Okay. Um, but um, – yeah, we're, we're kind of uh, all over, so uh, come check us out. I love it, Wilson. Thank you so much, buddy. We'll see, we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me, Blake. Y'all have a great rest of your night. You too. That's Wilson Alexander with The Advocate. Always fantastic. Guys, I think his piece is everything that he does. I think it's really good. Like the stuff that he just brought up of the explosive plays that LSU's giving up, you got to give it to him, man. I mean, that's a big thing, and he's dead. He's dead accurate you cannot give up those big plays if you want to win this Saturday Ole Miss does ha, does and is shown to have the capability of doing that all right let's do this I called in I called in the expert no not Jimmy I called John John Hendricks was in the dome Saturday I couldn't deal with it I can't I, I, I I'm, I'm gonna give him the floor we're talking Saints next Let's get to our good buddy, John Hendricks. But let's first, let's talk about a good friends over at Granco. TheGranco.com, guys, our last break. Let's get to John Hendricks next. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Granco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Granco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the wake and bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code 
to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code AYS25. We're back. You know who's not back, John? <laughs> Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry. Buddy, my heart can't take this anymore. What is going on here? Yeah, it's uh well, I know it's frustrating. I, I look, I, I tell you this. Um, let's start with Jarvis. I, I saw him last week. The ankle is is not right. It's kind of wrapped up a little bit. He's not necessarily walking the best right now. Um, but now this was last week, right? So essentially, what ended up happening is he came tried to come back in the Panthers game after getting hurt, and then he toughed it out. He was there in London, toughed it out for the team against Minnesota. But then again, he just hasn't been able to get back on the field ever since then. So uh, missed last week. Going to miss Thursday. I think there's optimism that he can be back for the Raiders game. But, look, this is a thing where Jarvis just really tried to be there for his team. And, unfortunately, sometimes with those ankles, it can get a little bit worse than before it gets better. And so it's one of those things where we'll just have to see and wait. And hopefully it gets better. Now, with Thomas, you know, look, there was a, a point where the Saints thought they were going to put him on IR. But, you know, based off of the information they had, the rehab and such, that they, you know, look, he was uh, a guy that was – hopefully going to progress to be available and they didn't want to have him on IR for that simple case. And so that's kind of the case at one point in the early process, I heard he was in a walking boot. I didn't see that, but I heard that from a, a source that he was in a walking boot, but you know, this is a guy that again, uh, two bad injuries, misfortune. I know a lot of people are talking about, man, this seems like roster mismanagement and stuff. I, I don't know if I'd agree with that with <laughs> Thomas, but you know, with Landry, it's just been a hard type of thing and hard ask for him. But um, they need these two guys in the lineup. That's for sure. I'm so upset right now about the when I even think remotely of the Saints. I didn't even lead into, you know, like I didn't give you the pleasantries. So John Hendricks, Saints lead writer, reporter for at Saints News or Fan Nation at SI.com and Boot Crew Media. You can catch him. John's doing a fantastic job. You can catch all of his stuff. I apologize for that. But I get frustrated. John, I got to admit. <laughs> I've covered LSU for a while now, and I was screaming on the top of my lungs, don't give number nine the football. Don't do it. Go for it. Do not do it. John, talk me off the ledge here. Like it, because it does seem like this team is so close. Right, right, right. You're, you're a field goal away. You're so close to beating the Vikings. You're so close to beating Cincinnati. I feel like they're so close. What are they missing? What am I missing? Why are they just finding ways to lose those close games? I mean, it's been a combination of things. I, I tell you, I don't think this defense has played as well as they should have. I, I agree. First and foremost, I think in big situations, they've talked a lot about putting it on us. Um, I think that this mentality for the Saints defense has been, well, we're a defensive first type team, but in big moments, they, they've, they've crapped the bed. I mean, there's no other way to put it, right? And look, I get the offensive struggles. I get you're having to rely on them, but the big plays, the bad tackling – just not being able to generate turnovers. That has been really concerning to see the pass rush. I mean, you, you're starting to see a little bit improvement there, but um, 
you know, it's just been a little bit of everything that's kind of led to the downfall. I mean, it's been a perfect recipe for disaster, coupled to the, at first it was shoot yourself in the foot, then you're missing people, then this guy gets on IR, and then you're missing Lattimore. I think if Marshawn Lattimore played in that game, Jamar Chase wouldn't have had as much success as he did, uh, obviously. I mean, that's a given. But this is football. This is how it is. This is a next man Matt up mentality. Um, they are close. And again, the silver lining for people that have already left, it's it one game out of the NFC South. The NFC South is the NFC East, as bad as it used to be. So <laughs> there's right. still time to get this right. But the thing is, you got Arizona. I don't know how that one's going to go because they suck against a mobile quarterback, for, for lack of a better phrase. They're just not good against them. Uh, so I don't know how that's going to go. If you can get healthy against the Raiders, if you can win this game, I feel good about the turnaround. If you can't beat the Cardinals, then everything, I, I think the season's kind of on the line when you go against the Raiders. You can go either way, but, man, they really got to figure things out quickly because this season is starting to circle the dream. Well, and not only that, John, but it just feels as if – so, like, look, you know, I'm not sitting up in the, in the press box like I do LSU. I'm just a normal-ass fan going to Saints games, right? And, you know, you sit there and you, you listen, to the, to listen to fans, and they're like, well, listen – not only are we sucking, our first-round pick's not there, right? And so then, you know, obviously fans being fans, it's, you know, hellfire and brimstone, doom and gloom. And, and, and look, is there something positive that we can take from this team so far? Or, or, or are they yeah. right? Are they finally right here? I mean, I, I would even I, – I would not even go there but pile on. But, you know, when they had C.J. Gardner-Johnson, these tackle uh, issues weren't really a big deal either too. So it's just – John, not to rudely interrupt you, not to rudely interrupt you, but bring up this. I mean, look at him last night. Yeah, he killed it. He's doing well. They, they <laughs> did a gamble. And, look, that situation had to do a lot more than just play. It was some bad blood. A lot of stuff between him and the organization, the contract talks, and so they said, okay, well, we'll ship you off. And, and I get that. I thought the compensation could have been way better, but, again, this is just kind of the things that happens. And, again, the season is not defined in how these first several weeks go. The F Eagles could fizzle out. I don't see it, but, you know, again, things could turn around really quickly. But, you know, look, I, again, I don't think it's jump off the ledge. I think there's been some encouraging steps in the right direction. The run game looks outstanding. Now, you did lose Andres Pete. That one's I'm a little bit concerned about because it's a chest injury. He's not had a good track record with that. Uh, you know, I liked what they got from Lewis Kidd. He's been a guy I've been on since rookie minicamp. You know, I, and I really love seeing him play. But I think it's going to go to Calvin Throckmorton. He had some opportunities last time he had to play in the game. But the run game is working. Alvin Kamara looks great. Um, if they can just get a little bit more and they can get some stuff defensively, I think they'll be okay to weather the storm because the hope is when they get healthy, when they get back, Jameis is back, Thomas is back, Landry's back, you know, you get all these key pieces back. I, I think they can be that team, but right now trying to convince somebody that when they're two and four and just kind of not doing well is, is, is hard for me to kind of sell to sell to the crowd. It's like, trying to sell, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, fool's gold to somebody, and they know the difference. So you would – well, let me ask you this question. It's a two-part question. Number one, do you think they are going back to Jameis when he's back? And number two, should they? Yeah, yeah they're going to go back to Jameis. Okay. I mean, that's the plan all around. Again, I think Dalton has done a fine job managing things, but, you know, Winston is your quarterback number Agreed. one guy. And Agreed. that's just kind of how it's been. And I get it. You know, some people have talked about go to Taysom. Look, Dalton was taking QB reps today, reps, uh, number one reps 
Taysom's not going to be that guy this week. It's just not in the cards. But I think Winston was trying to do a little bit too much. I think this is a big, good humbling experience for him. He's got to get 100%. That's why he was at least good. He was moving around practice great. He was smiling. He's happy. He's been supportive as a teammate. I think that's kind of where they're at is, okay, by the Raiders game, he should be 100%. He should be close to 100% as we can get for him. He's the guy that's going to lead him to victory or not. If it goes to hell in a handbasket, then you turn back to Dalton. But hopefully this is not a conversation we have to have in about three, four weeks. I know the entire quarterback room, I saw this tweet, so I'm stealing it. Saying, oh, my neck, my back, my booty, my crack. You know, because <laughs> all the yeah. injuries. Uh, John, we do have some questions firing in here for you, so I'll just get to one. This isn't the real Glenn Gilbo. It, you know, so it's our, it's Ryan, so just bear with it. Since Hashtag asked John, should the Saints entertain trade offers if they lose the next few games? What do you think about that? Uh, I don't think there's too many pieces that you're going to be able to move that big. I, again, the way the, the belief of this roster coming into this year was that we can compete now. I, I don't think that, that's, that that was a wrong statement. I think this is a roster that can compete. They have to get better from some of their players. Tyron Matthew has been pretty disappointing so far. I don't know what's going on there necessarily. I've heard things, but... He has just not been the player that I think that they expected to be going early on. I think there's a lot more going on there, but he's got to, to play up a level. I think getting Marcus Bay back was a huge step. Demario Davis looks great. Pete Warner looks outstanding in his second year. The pass rush, maybe you need to get a little bit more. I think fans could probably be a little bit upset because Peyton Turner is hurt again, and he's not he's not out there, right? And so there are pieces, but where do you start? I don't think this is a stripped down rebuild type thing or any type of situation that they have coming. But, you know, I don't know if the value is there for some of these guys that fans want to want to create. I mean, who would you trade? You know what I mean? And I, I just can't off the top of my head say, here's a, a shiny carrot. Let's go ahead and trade. I think of anything, if they continue with the injuries, they'll be the ones that are shopping at the deadline. I agree with that last one for you john because I, I i know you're really busy it's mid-season um i i don't really even know how to ask can they even win sunday i mean i know it's nfl i know you can but i feel like hopkins is you know coming back is he want to is he going to want to go off you know like they're struggling you know like is there a real like an actual realistic chance thursday night in a couple nights you can beat the cardinals Live and in prime time, I think so because the Cardinals have been just as bad, butter too, right? right? You know they're right now. They lost Hollywood Brown. That's a big one. James Connor's knee injury. He's day to day. You got Eno Benjamin. Um, you know they trade for Robbie Anderson. I don't know if there's enough you can install with him to get him to go Thursday. So it really is kind of DeAndre Hopkins. The problem is the mobile quarterback, Kyler Murray. Can they defend against it? I think that's going to be the difference. I think they can move the football. I think they can do that fine against the Cardinals defense. But on the other side, can you stop? Can you make enough plays? Can you do what you need to, to be able to escape with the win? I think you can because you saw what the Seahawks were able to do. You saw what they did the week before. Um, I just feel like that's the area where you can get. And look, I think there goes beyond there, this team will get healthier. You know, Lonte Taylor, he was in the locker room. He was at practice today. He's a guy that I think you should. It, it's, it's very possible that he plays on Thursday. Saw Trevor Penning in the lineup, uh, well, in the locker room today. He's in a walking boot now. He seems like he's about to get ready to shed the walking boot. That's going to be a big boost for this offensive line, too. I think they're going to try to bank on getting healthy at the right time. I think they can beat the Cardinals. And here's the thing. I think you look at their next several opponents, every single opponent is beatable. 
the Raiders are beatable. The Cardinals are beatable. The Rams are beatable. Steelers are beatable. I think you can even knock off the Ravens because even it's mobile quarterback Lamar Jackson. I think they can win these games, but the team that we thought is good, that was coming into week one is has to be that team coming forward. And and look, I know that the locker room's not lost. They believe in themselves. The, the message has been stay the course, hang with us. We're going to get this right type thing. But if they lose the next couple of games, then it's going to kind of be hard to convince anybody. And then things are really going to have to heat up around New Orleans for where they're at right now. All right, I lied. Last one. If things don't okay. change, I, I hate to put you in this bad spot. But listen, it's my in my comment section every night. <laughs> Dennis Allen. I, I mean, does things heat up really quickly? You lose the next – I mean – like, how, how close are they to pulling this? I, I, I like Dennis, and I, I don't know if it's completely on him. I don't. I think he could still have success. My, my question is, is I don't, I'm not calling for his firing or asking about it, I, I, but I'm just trying to be as realistic as I can in asking, do you think that there is some heat? Like, is he, how much heat is he feeling right now, do you think? I think he's feeling a little heat, but at the same time, I know that it benefited the doubt that you are not trying to manage through some of these injuries. And, you know, I think just one of the things that's been uncharacteristic for this team is the penalties and the Agreed. turnovers. Stuff I mean, that, that has nothing happened. to do with him. Right. That, and, and that's the types of things where I don't think, I mean, you can coach that. I mean, we asked Ryan Nielsen today, co-defensive coordinator, how do you fix bad tackling? You practice it and you tackle. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where some of these guys just, it's a bad look. But, you know, look, I, I, I don't think that, even if this thing goes way south, is DA's job uh, it, 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 uh, in a, a bad spot? I don't think so. Maybe they make some other coordinator change because I think they believe in what DA has to do. But at some point, they've got to get some results because this team, again, with the belief that, you know, this is a, a team that could compete and has been on the cusp, if they can't put it together mm -hmm. and they turn in a really bad season with everything going on, then they're going to make some big changes. And I, that could involve players too. But, you know, I, I think coaches below – or, you know, below DA could probably be the first ones. And, and I don't think anybody's done a bad job. Like, I like Chris uh, uh, Richard as a co-defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen. You know, I think Pete Carmichael's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, too. They just got to make sure it, it translates to wins, and it hasn't so far. John, thank you so much, buddy. Tell everybody where they can catch all your stuff and everything you guys are doing. Yeah, well, you see the uh, lovely Twitter Im image. Let's see how – let's put it on there in the frame. <laughs> respect. Uh, you know, so I appreciate that. So follow me on Twitter. Um, I live in the future, so I will spoil your football game if you are watching and paying attention to social media. So I'm sorry in advance to everybody that it's just how it is. Streaming is way behind. I, I can't help that. Sorry. No, 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 um, no. Lies. <laughs> I was at the game, and you were tweeting the play before it happened. I, I, I'm a living experience. That's lies. You it, are seeing in the like future. It's like a sixth sense. It's like <laughs> a sixth sense sometimes. Like, I could see the play happen before it happened. I don't know. I can't explain that. But, uh, you know, check out SI's coverage. Uh, Saints.media is the easiest way, or SI.com slash NFL slash Saints. Check out all this video stuff I do at Boot Crew. Do a lot of videos, uh, you know, if you like to look at that as opposed to the written word. Either way. Check us out. Check me out. And uh, I appreciate all the support from Houdat Nation. And we'll hope for a win Thursday <laughs> that we can talk about something other than, holy crap, how did this team beat themselves again? <laughs> I agree. Brother, thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. All right, bud. Thanks. Appreciate all right. That's John Hendricks joining us. Always fantastic. Uh, Pooh Bear said, give him the banky, Ben. He, Pooh Bear said, give him the binky. Yeah. 
Okay, well, tell it to his face if you bought that life. Pooh Bear said, give him the binky. Give me that binky, Ben. He said, give him the binky. No. Give me the binky. Give him the binky. No. No? Okay. All right. Look, you want to tell him bye-bye with Daddy? You want to get him on out of here? Okay. All right, guys, my name is Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. Myself, Pooh Bear, Zach, and Benjamin. Get the binky out of Matt. You got to tell him bye. You got to tell him bye without your binky. Little finger, little finger, where are you? Little finger, little finger, where are you? Johnny, Johnny. Eating ice cream. Telling lies. Open your mouth. <laughs> That's how we're ending it. Night, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.